Welcome to Paradoxically Speaking. If you're hearing this, you're not currently on one of our subscriber feeds and will only be hearing a portion of the conversation. For full episodes, consider subscribing to the Strong Stoic Newsletter or Perennial Meditations on Substack. You'll find links in the show notes. If I give all of my love and care to someone who gives nothing back, Will I have enough to care for myself? I want to believe that love is an infinite resource, that I can endlessly pull it out of my ribcage like a chain of colorful bandanas from a hat. But what happens if you don't have any magic left over for yourself? It's a poem by Katie Feltmate, who's a local poet here in the Halifax area. And I thought that idea of love being an infinite resource if it is or if it's not, I thought that was an interesting question to ponder. So what are your first thoughts there? Nice. That's cool. Bringing in a local poet to the podcast. I like it. Um, I don't know. I would have to say, isn't love an infinite resource in the way of just uh, like what's up to us, what's not up to us? Isn't it always up to us to love? You know, does it? does it have anything to do with being loved? It reminds me of um, a prayer that I I like from St. Francis that I probably brought up many times, but it kind of makes this switch midway, you know, where it's like not about being pardoned, but to pardon, not about, you know, and it goes on. And then, uh, like, you know, finishes with love. It's not about being loved, but to love. Obviously, easier said than done, like many things. But, yeah, that's what comes up. Yeah, so I I thought this was a very uh, interesting thing. And it made me think about something that you and I speak a lot about, which is how complicated a lot of these ideas are. And you can look at them in different ways, and you can define them in different ways. But each way... It's hard to say that it's wrong. So as an example, one of the first thoughts that came to mind when I first read that poem was, well, love is an action and actions require time and you have a limited amount of time. Therefore, you can deduce that love can't be an infinite resource because you only have so much time. And so on a surface level, through that perspective, I could make the case that, okay, it's an infinite resource, or sorry, it's a finite resource. But then if you think about it on a a deeper level, kind of like you just did there, my, an act of love for yourself, as an example, is an act of love for the people around you, because you bring your best self to those people around you. And it's actually an act of love for the world if you're contributing to the world in a positive way. So if we're we're looking at this through like a stoic Christian kind of lens, I think 
in a sense, it is an infinite resource because it's 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 almost like a binary system. It's like an, it's either an act of love or it's not. Similar to how virtue, you know, it's hard to have like a virtue that's that's quote quote better than another virtue. It's like if it's a virtuous action, it's a virtuous action. And I think in the same way, if it's a loving action, it's a loving action. And that and that really any loving action looks through this lens just has an infinite effect on the world, though we might not be able to see it. So it's 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 weird, but I think depending on how you look at it, you could view it as finite or or infinite. Yeah. Um yeah it is. I mean you do think like when we think of um acts of love, um like I'm thinking of like the corporal works of of mercy. There's these um you know six six things of like you know, visiting the imprisoned, um, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, you know, like literal acts, like literal works. Um, and in the way of, from that, it's like, yeah, there is a certain amount of, of time. Like there is a certain, you know, what are you capable of? Obviously, we're all juggling all sorts of things, work, family, et cetera, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, and some of these things are intertwined with, uh, with some of those responsibilities, but in the way of corporal works of mercy, yes, there are like, there is a finite amount of time of, you know, what you can uh, accomplish and how do you balance this thing of taking care of yourself as well. Um, I think about some of the, the stories of, of mother Teresa and, um, and so many of the, of the nuns that were with her, there was time set aside to do other things. It's not like they were, um, out in the, in the streets of India 24 seven, you know, they still spent two hours every morning in silent prayer. You know, they still fed themselves. They still slept, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Some of those like logistical things, but in the way of, um, you know, a very practical, like act of love, like one of those, yeah, it is like, you know, what, what can you accomplish, you know, given the, the life that you, that you have, um, to go on a, a long ramble. I did an interview the other day and, um, <clears throat> person I had on used the analogy of, uh, live like a candle talking about this idea of, um, your life as a sacrifice. You know, it's like using your life, this, uh, you know, greater good in the way of, uh, a candle, um, it doesn't last forever. It's obviously impermanent. Um, so it's just an interesting thing, but you could almost think about um, each day as like, you know, you have this little bit of candle like per day and it's like you can use it up on, on meaningful tasks or, or quite the opposite. Yeah, Which I love I that. Quite- and I, I think, I was going to yeah, say, sorry. which I do, which I do quite often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we all do, man. You look, it's crazy. You look at your day, how much time you waste. Eh? I was thinking 
I think about that every uh, New Year's because it's just it's one of those times to just really reconsider what you're uh, you know what what you're going after in life. Um, yeah. So speaking of the the burning of the candle, you know, this is an idea that I've thought a lot about. Not that particular analogy, and that's a great analogy. I like that, but just the idea that whatever you spend your time on is 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 really like you're dying for that. You're living and you're dying for it. So, you know, there's this quote, I can't remember who said it, but it was find what you love in life and then let it kill you. And and I think that has two meanings. I think partly because anything you go after in life is going to induce some kind of discomfort. So, you know, for example, if you learn how to play the guitar and you're really passionate about that, like there's going to be things that that take away from other parts of your life. So there's, there's always a little sacrifice in going after something that you, that you truly love. Um, but I, I, what I wanted to, I guess, ask, because in terms of burning, let's say burning this candle, the context of that poem was someone recovering from an abusive relationship. And, and it really poses some interesting questions here, right? Because obviously this, this poem, it's not in her, I would imagine in her, I had her on the podcast, by the way, so I, I do have some kind of insight into how she thought about this. But it seems to me like the whole poetry book is a progression of someone that has like a very, maybe toxic is not the right word, but sort of a mindset that might be in the middle of something that doesn't allow her to think clearly, and then progressing eventually towards something which, resem- which resembles like Stoic philosophy, which is why I had her on. It's a very interesting transformation. but. Like, do you think that you can love? Is it really an act of love if it's jeopardizing your own, let's say, mental integrity? Is is what an act of love? So let's say in the context of um, a relationship that may be abusive or even, let's say, a, a, a job that's just not allowing you as an individual to um to to properly manage your emotions like it's like there's there's certain there's certain relationships that can become so toxic that it actually starts to jeopardize your own emotional health and so the question is people in those situations often see that as I'm giving this person all of my love and then they are taking advantage of me but can we really define that as an act of love because I would define love as an act that helps the other person flourish. And so even though it might be caring, for that person who who has this abusive mentality, that might not actually be an act of love for them. That's what makes it so complicated. Because if it's not allowing them to improve as an individual, then how can we deem it as an act of love? And certainly if it's jeopardizing the one who's giving the love, if it's jeopardizing their uh, mental integrity is it is it an act of love? I guess that's does that provide a bit more clarity? Yeah, yeah. It gets so um complicated with like love and wisdom. Um it's like they have so many different meanings and it it's so you know case dependent. I, I think like for an example you mentioned the guitar would you say that someone that is really passionate and dedicated to that, 
you know, particular art and craft that they, they love it. Could someone honestly say, I love the guitar. You know, I love playing the guitar. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's, it's I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think you can, I, I think you well. can love a certain action. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do as well. It's like, um, and you could say that someone who is battling drugs in terms of some of the experiences, like as people, you know, talk about like their experience with drugs. Uh, I think, uh, Aquinas said something like, you know, what we do, it, it says something about what we love, you know, in, in a way. And it's like, like, is that drug addiction good for us? No, it might destroy someone's life. Um, and you could say the same thing, like you were talking about in the way of balance, though. Someone that is like in love with the guitar, you know, where it's like that love becomes like an an obsession, and it like gets in the way of family responsibilities, and it gets in the way of you know these these other things, like the people that they care about. Like, is it in the way of like? You, it's kind of weird to say, like, is it loving them back? But it is in a way, like, is this thing willing the good of them? You know, like, no. No, you could say, like, in some of these cases, like, it's not. Um, and it's, like, the same way in some of these, uh, like, relationships. All sorts of, uh, you know, there's these things that can essentially like not will us towards the good. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic relationship. There are just, uh, we're wildly like contagious, like people, you know, um, obviously we've talked about that many times, but there's a reason that like so many of these philosophers, like, you know, like think for yourself, like be wary of the crowd because you might get in a crowd that is literally propelling you in the direction, you know, the opposite of your highest good, which is so strange, you know, in the way of, um, so, and it, it gets so complicated. I don't know if that answers anything, but it, it, it does seem like it, it really gets messy in the way of love. Like, what does it mean to, love like could i love a group of um people and then like not be influenced by them you know still like will the good of them but like think for for ourselves and stuff like that um yeah it gets paradoxical <laughs> it gets paradoxical real quick uh i i think so the Stoics, at least initially what people would think the Stoics would say, would be that externals cannot affect your your eudaimonia, your ability to, to flourish and be happy. And it's, it's actually not that simple. And th this was something that uh, Will Johncock helped me understand. 
the Stoics say that the environment is an external, and the environment includes people, predominantly people, right? Because obviously externals can be, or the environment can be your your uh, inanimate objects that, that surround you, but generally it's like the people around you, right? That's your environment. But here's here's the interesting thing. So the environment is an external, but you are a part of that environment. And so you have a strong, maybe not strong, let's say you have an influence over that environment and the representation of that. So when it comes to something like in this context, let's say a romantic relationship, your percentage, like the percentage you have of that environment is pretty high. It's like 50%. So I think this is why in such, in these situations, I don't, I think you, you do have to be careful, obviously, who you let into your kind of inner, inner circle, because the, the closer you bring them in to that inner circle, the smaller the environment and the bigger your impact is on that environment and the bigger impact that environment has on you. So again, it's, it's, it's very paradoxical. It's like, are, are, is the environment not up to you? Yes. Is it up to you? Yes. It kind of is, right? Because you are, you share a part in that greater whole and that's, that's the whole cosmopolitan idea. So what does that, what does that ring? Can you pick that apart and make me feel stupid? <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I think it's an, it's an important, it's an important thing. Like I, the part of having an influence on the environment, um, I think you probably already know it's going to it's going to be like triggering for me <laughs> a little bit. It's like yeah, like yes, but it's um like say acts for the common good. Like you or I could be virtuous. It may or may not influence the environment in a positive way. We just don't know, like it's uncertain. You or I acting virtuous or even in the way of um, like direct influence on something. Let's say I am behaving in an unvirtuous way. Like we're part of the same environment. Like you pull me aside. You have a conversation with me. Kind of talk about it. Like share your perspective in a way um, attempt to influence the would say like environment influence though like those around you um but that may or may not be successful the same thing like either way so it's just like uncertain in the way of what can potentially happen you know i i just think that's like an important point though where it's like well yes but like that distinction of like what's up to us, what's not up to us is still like such an important thing. And and it's, it's also, I think it's such an important thing because we can get in this place, like at least uh, like for me, where we're doing these acts for the common good. Mm, Now I kind of want to like backpedal a bit. But it's like, I'm thinking of this idea of like letting go of the outcome, which is 
such an like it seems to be like a piece in you know both philosophical and spiritual tradition.